I shall not, look at the last word, want. Somebody say want. The word want means lack. So what he's really saying to me, what David is really saying, because Jesus is my shepherd, I won't need anything. How many of I want to get to a place that you know that Jesus got you so much that you don't need nothing in 2023? Will they cry out to God and say, you are a burden lifter. God, you are my shepherd that I don't want for anything. God, you are the head. And I'm not the tail. You are the lifter up of my head. That's how you know and find out about I heard the Lord say in my spirit, this is an unshakable house. For these women on tonight, uh, God, I thank you right now, hallelujah, that woman, hallelujah, that was rejected by her mother. God, I thank you in advance uh, that she can feel now that she's loved. Uh, oh, God, I thank you on tonight, hallelujah, that she don't have to walk around feeling neglected, uh, battered and abused, uh, and walking in guilt and condemnation and shame. Uh, as by your stripes, uh, as with your blood, uh, that she's healed, uh, that she's given her mother in the mighty name of Jesus. God, we thank you for love. We thank you for peace. We thank you for the joy of the Lord. Ooh, hallelujah. Glory to your name, God. Hallelujah. Glory to your name, Lord God. God, I thank you, hallelujah, that you're training, hallelujah, her shame for the joy of the Lord. God, I thank you that you've given her beauty for her ashes. She can take off the dust. She can shake the dust off her feet and say, I'm an overcomer. She can shake the dust off her feet and say, I walked out of the past and I'm walking now into my future. So God, I thank you right now for every step she taking you. She's stepping into a destiny. Every step she taking you, she's stepping into victory. Every step she take for you, she's stepping into her joy. Hallelujah. God, we just thank you on tonight. Hallelujah. That she'll never be the same after being in your presence. God, we thank you. Hallelujah. God, you thank you that the weariness would no longer take her out. But God, I just thank you right now for your word said that you would weep if we will reap if we faint not. So I thank you, Lord God, the weariness has been stripped off of her. I thank you that the heavy burdens that's on her back and shoulders that she's been carrying, the weight, Lord God, on her mind right now, as we speak to every stubborn and rebellious cell in her mind, uh, to line up with the word of God. Uh, God, I thank you right now uh, that you said I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health even as your soul prosper. We thank you for prospering souls on tonight, Lord God. God, we thank you that the mind, the will, the emotions right now is prospering right now. In the mighty name of Jesus, God, I thank you right now that they can step out of the shadow of fear and doubt and unbelief. Woo, hallelujah.
and now they can walk into victory in the light of you, Lord God. God, I thank you that you are that lamp, hallelujah. You are that lamp, hallelujah, that shine in those dark areas of her life right now. God, I thank you right now that your word is a lamp unto her feet and a light unto her path. Thank you that you're shining the light and you're saying, daughter, all you have to do is follow the word of my light. Begin to follow the word, which is my light. Follow the word and I'll lead you. I will guide you into all truth. Hallelujah, God, we just thank you, hallelujah, that you're turning every ugly situation into a lovely situation. Those things that the devil meant for bad, those things that the devil meant for harm, God, you're making those things good. God, I thank you for a shifting on tonight. I thank you that you're turning hopeless situations around. God, I thank you right now, hallelujah, that that woman who was blind to truth right now, God, her eyes are now open to the truth because your word said that we'll know the truth and the truth will make us free. On tonight, Lord God, we just glorify your name because if it had not been for you on our side, if it had not been for you in those dark hours, if it had not been for you when defeat was trying to take us out, if it had not been for you when sickness was trying to hold us down, if it had not been for you, Lord God, when purification and sanctification want to step away, where would we be? Because God, if it had not been for you on our side, God, I don't know where we would be on tonight. So God, we thank you for an emptying of our soul to the night. We thank you for a pouring out of our soul on tonight. God, that our soul love you, Jesus. God, I thank you on tonight. We thank you on tonight. Our soul loves you. Glory to your name, Lord God. Thank you, God, that our storage is empty. We poured out everything about ourselves so that we can be filled with you. God, we thank you for wrapping your arms around us, pulling us closer to you than we've ever been before. Thank you, Lord God, for a drawing on tonight. Thank you, Lord God, for us pulling you, pulling us close to you. And God, we won't run away from you, but we're going to run to you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord God. God, we thank you, Lord God, that we're not alone, that you have others, Lord God, that are there to lift us up when we're feeling down. Father, we just thank you, Lord God, that there's another sister there, Lord God, that when we want to be in that dark place, that there's a sister that said, I refuse to leave you there. I refuse to let you stay there. God, I thank you that if it's nothing but a hug, if it's nothing but a warm handshake or a smile, Lord God, they're saying, I refuse to leave you in that state of mind. Glory to God. God, thank you for making this day for us to celebrate. Thank you for making this day that we can rejoice again and again and again and again. Thank you, Lord God. We thank you on tonight, Lord God, that we don't need, hallelujah, the birds to sing in our place. God, thank you because you put a song in our heart. 
But most of all, we thank you, God, for singing over us, Lord God. When we were down and out and we were in a place of darkness and gloom, you begin to sing over us and your sweet songs over us, Lord God, begin to bring life back into us, Lord God. So, God, I thank you, hallelujah, that we can do what we go with David. He said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. So, God, we are glad on tonight. We're joyful on tonight. We got peace that surpasses all the other man's understanding on tonight. God, I thank you that laughter does good like a medicine. God, that we can laugh at the devil. We can laugh at his challenges. God, we thank you that we are champions on tonight. Thank you, Lord God. We are champions for you, Lord God. God, I thank you, Lord God, that you're calling us out into the deep. Hallelujah. God, I thank you that we're going deeper into you, Lord God, and you're strengthening us day by day. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. Glory to God. God, you're great, and you're greatly to be praised. God, you're awesome. There is no, no one like you. Oh, God, I thank you on tonight, Lord God. You are perfect in all of your ways uh, because you are a good, good Father. Glory to your name, Lord God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God, thank you on tonight, Lord God. Thank you on tonight that you are our guide, you are our shepherd. And we don't want for anything. Thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you for being our shepherd. That we don't want for nothing. There is no lack in you tonight, Lord God. God, we just thank you, glory to God. We thank you on tonight. That we can sing of your praises. We thank you on tonight. We can rejoice again and again and again. Thank you on tonight, Lord God. That we're letting you be God. And we speak to everything that's out of order to come in order in the mighty name of Jesus. God, we thank you for these women of God and these men that are supporting this prayer on tonight, Lord God. That they have our back just like you got our back. God, thank you on tonight that as we continue to pray, Lord God, that wandering minds right now are coming back into place in the mighty name of Jesus. Distractions are being bound up in the name of Jesus. And God, we're with one mind, with one accord in this one place. Continue to show yourself faithful on tonight, Lord God. You've been faithful to us, even in our unfaithfulness to you. My God. My God. Thank you for being a faithful God. Thank you for being a glorious God. Thank you for being our Heavenly Father. Glory to God. Thank you for being our Rose of Sharon. Glory to God. Being a lily in the valley. Bright and morning star. Alpha and Omega. Woo, hallelujah. You are the beginning and you are the end. And you are everything we need you to be. And God, we just bless your name on 
David said, I will bless the Lord at all times. And a praise shall continually be in my mouth. So I want you to bless him on tonight. Bless him on tonight. Bless him on tonight. Come on, bless him on tonight. Bless him on tonight. Come on, he deserves to be blessed. Praise him on tonight. He deserves to be praised. Let's send up praises to the Almighty God. Let's send up praises to our Almighty God. Let's send up praises to our Heavenly Father. Come on, show the effectual fervent prayers, hallelujah. Heartfelt prayers are going up on tonight. Let your power rest in this house and rule, hallelujah. Let the glory of God rise among us. Surround us in this house, oh God. Surround us in this house and fill us with all of you and none of ourselves. Fill us with all of you, God. All of you, God. We want you on tonight, Lord God. We want to please you on tonight, Lord God. There is none like you. We honor you and praise you. In your son Jesus' mighty name, amen. Intercessors, keep doing it. For thus said the Lord, keep doing it. You might not see it, but it's working. Stay in. Stay on the wall. Stay on your knees. Keep worshiping me. Keep pressing. Keep desiring. He said to tell you it's working. It's working, everybody. It's working. It's working. 
Everything we're praying about is coming to pass. Everything we're praying about is coming to pass. I don't care how much the enemy raised his head. I don't care how much anybody say about y'all or what y'all doing. It's working. Even if you look among your own home, it look like this stuff is trying to be disturbing. Don't move. Don't get off the wall. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. How many of you is, right? If a miracle can happen yesterday, how many of y'all know a miracle can happen today? Come on, somebody, right? Yeah. Hallelujah. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you today. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. How many are ready to make God reward and you be ordinary? How many of y'all like to have a life where just God rewards you and it's like, it's almost every day it's ordinary. How many of y'all like to live a reward? Tonight I'm going to talk with you about how to get rewarded. And that's why it's just become almost normal to you to watch the Lord. But you got to pay attention to a few things that are extremely important. All right? So my Bible study tonight is called Rewards Await You. Rewards Await You. And uh, it's imperative. I haven't taught this, so it's something you really want to pay attention to. Uh, possibly don't have you read some things tonight if you don't mind. But rewards await us. But, but let me tell you how reward comes in your life. That has almost been, it's, it's trying to be extinct among us. It's called honor. I didn't get one amen. I'm going to try it again. You want to be rewarding your life? It's called honor. Amen. Thank you. It's how you honor people in position. How you honor your mother and father. It's how you honor us as pastors, your boss, government officials. You really want to have a rewarded life, you got to start with honor. If you're dishonorable, Rewards don't come from God in your life the way they should. Remember, God picked your mom and daddy, you didn't. So, even though it might not have turned out the way you thought, you might not have gotten what you felt like you should have gotten, you don't want to lose your rewards by being dishonorable. The reason why our school system is like they are because we as parents are not teaching our children to honor what's in place. And, and let me tell you this, right? Because people say, well, you know, sometimes it's the teachers, but do you know why we attract bad teachers? Because dishonor attract bad people. If we were consistently honorable and teach our children to be honorable, it would attract honorable teachers. But if, if you're being dishonorable but expecting teachers to be honorable, you can't because whatever you respect, that's what you attract. So if you don't respect something, you can't attract it. If you don't respect, if you don't teach our children to respect authority, this is why you got authority out of control. Because we don't, we don't, we don't teach them to respect authority. 
Because we don't respect authority. But we want somebody to respect us. Come on, I'm telling the truth. We want everybody to respect us, but we don't want to respect nobody else. That's hypocrisy. That's a double standard. Don't y'all think so? I mean, y'all know that's a double standard when you want people to respect you, but you ain't got no respect. It don't work like that. So, I'm going to talk to you about the reward system on how, what it means to be rewarded. Thank you. And when you look at it, because it is extinct, but I promise y'all, y'all going to love this. Because we can really walk into that. We got to stop applauding just moment celebrations. We got to know how to applaud God every day. That's why when I was the back, I asked my sister, this is, I said, what did she say to get everybody to start clapping and praising? And she began to say, uh, sister said, y'all praise the Lord and, and just, you know, different things y'all should thank God for and his sovereignty, or every, whatever it was that she said. But at the end of the day, she got y'all to do what praise the Lord in the end to make y'all understand that God should always get praise, right? But if we display a place of honor, we will find out that our lives will start seeing rewards we never thought. How many of y'all like for your lives to see rewards from God? I'm talking strictly from God. I'm not talking about man. God will use man, but how would y'all like for God to reward you for being honorable? Yes. He carries with his great reward. You don't believe me? Let's go to 2 John 1 and 8. 2 John 1 and 8. This is a very interesting lesson tonight. I've just been praying and studying it. Me and Apostle Junior had a conversation this morning. We were talking about different things and ideas and just, you know, making the point of understanding, being supportive of ideas. And it just, it took me here. Um... Because what I found out was, when I was listening to her, was that a lot of us, when, we, when we're getting advice, we're getting input, we're not always honorable in the way we receive it. Right? How many of y'all know I'm telling the truth? Right? How many of y'all know a lot of us don't know how to receive instructions the right way? Y'all already defensive, right? Y'all already mad. You already ready, got your guard up, right? So I was listening to that. I said, you know, she makes a lot of sense. So I began to study this thing. And I said, you know, this is something that I said, Lord. And he said, Gregory, you don't understand that the more you teach these people to honor me and honor y'all, the closer their heart gets to mine. Because the more you do like I say, the more you do what God tells you, not like me only, but the more you do first what God says, that's first, it causes God to become closer to you in your heart. That's why a lot of people don't, they can't find themselves close to God in their heart because their heart is not honorable. So 2 John 1 and 8 says these words, watch out that you do not lose what you have worked so hard to achieve. Did y'all see that? So a lot of y'all are working hard, you're working hard to do this, you're working hard to do that. And you could be working on something hard, you know, getting straight A's so you get into a good college or or a relationship, or whatever you're doing in the church, but when you become dishonored, you default it. So you can be a straight-A student with a bad attitude, and it defaults you. God doesn't bless you as much. 
You can have straight A's, but you got a bad attitude. You're dishonorable. It ain't going to give you as much rewards as you think, at least not from God. The devil might reward you for being dishonorable. But y'all know how his rewards are. His rewards always come with a trap. So it's imperative that we really pay attention to honor. So it said, watch out that you do not lose what you have worked so hard to achieve. Watch your behavior. Watch your attitude. Watch how you talk to people. Watch how you handle authority. I don't care if you agree with it or not, you still have to be respectful. Because that's what God does. He honors you. It, 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 he don't honor you because the person's not a good person. He honors you and rewards you because you did what he said. Because there's going to come a time in your life when you're in authority, everybody ain't going to like you. I'm sorry to tell you, you're not going to be liked by everybody. But if you are in a position of authority, they still got to respect you. So you got to do the same thing. You got to reciprocate that, right? Let me show you some things. Watch. So again, watch out that you do not lose what you, we have worked so hard to achieve. Be diligent so that you receive your full reward. So I'm going to show you a lot of things tonight that's going to really encourage you to let you know that this is not a word to make you feel bad, but this is a word that really will set you up that you'll see rewards coming from God for your life. Because what does Hebrews, we didn't put it on there, but what does Hebrews 11 and 6 say? Get that from me, Apostle June. I didn't put it up there, but I want to talk about that for a second. What does Hebrews 11 and, and 6 say? What does it say? And it is impossible to please God without faith. Okay, so it's impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he, he rewards those Notice who sincerely... The word? He rewards them. First of all, he said, the first thing he said, what? It's impossible to please God without faith. So when you don't have faith in your life, you're not pleasing God. That's called a displeasurable moment. You have to honor advice. When I've given my children advice and they ain't listen to it, and it goes wrong, they were dishonorable. Y'all quiet. When I pull y'all in the office and I spend hours advising you and you decide to go outside and do opposite what you've been advised, you might not mean to, but you just dishonored me. You came in for my advice and then you chose because you have a choice because we ain't doing that trying to overtake nobody's will no more. Because you got a will. God don't overtake your will. He gives you a chance. So I give you advice. You decide to go against that advice. That's dishonorable. But I'm my own. What you coming for advice for them? If you don't need nobody telling you what to do, don't get no advice. But I promise you, you're not going to have a great life when you don't want nobody to tell you nothing. Because the Bible talks about what? The multitude of counsel their safety. Why do you think people are not trying to get everybody to go to therapists? 
Just go there. Why do you think so many people now say, you need to see a therapist? Why do we live in a season where so many people need to see a therapist? When I grew up, they didn't have to have that many therapists. Yes, we needed some, but today, everywhere you look, some, go see a therapist. What are they really saying? Go get some advice. Y'all neglected the spiritual advice. So God said, you know what? They don't want it. So now we need more therapists than we ever have needed because when the house of God was some of the advice, we don't know everything. I don't try to solve a problem that I know I can't fix, but their advice that people give y'all, y'all say no. To read again, Apostle Junior, Hebrews 11 and 6, we're going to keep going further. And it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. Mm. He rewards those that what? Diligently. What's the word diligently means? Consistently? With some emotions behind it? With some passion behind it? With some desire behind it? One more time for me, Apostle June. I'm sorry, just one more time. And it is impossible to please God without now, faith. I want y'all to think about that real quick. It is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists. See, here, here's the thing. This is where y'all miss it. Everybody misses it a lot of times. The first thing to start off the thing that really gets you is it's impossible to please God without faith. That's the first thing. So if you don't really believe in him, you can't please him. So we just said that. Watch this again. Read again one more time, Pastor June. I know I made you read it four times, but read it one more time. And it is impossible to please God without faith. It's impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him. And anyone that wants to come to him. Anybody want to come talk to God? Anybody that want to come talk to God? What did he say? Must believe. Must believe. No, he didn't say kind of. He didn't say you having a moment. Y'all think we have a society that believes that God is supposed to reward us for bad behavior. Mm. Amen. He said you must believe. Amen. What else does he say, Apostle Junior? That God exists. That he exists. Because why would you want to go talk to someone and you call him God, but you don't believe he's God? Does that make any sense? You're a manager, and, 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 and they say to you, you got to go talk to the manager about it. And you say, I don't believe he's a manager. Oh, he's a manager. I don't believe he's a manager. I don't like him. But you need the manager to fix this situation. I don't care. I don't like the manager. But he's a manager. I don't care. But you got to honor his position even if you don't like the person. Amen. Right. That'll make no sense. But that's what we do in society. You can't pick and choose who you want to believe in if they're in position. If they're authority over you, you got to have to submit to that authority. And even if they are wrong because you submitted to that authority and you are honorable to that authority, God said, I got to reward you. Because I'm not rewarding you because of the authority might not be perfect. I'm rewarding you because you're obedient to what I say. Make sense? 
How many of you know there's a lot of dishonor going on? How many of you know, you know, you know dishonor is almost like an everyday thing? Got everybody fighting for their rights. Why they dishonor each other? You fight for a right, but you dishonor somebody else's rights. You telling us don't go after you for what you believe in, but then you go after us for what we believe in. That's a hypocrite. That's a double standard. Here, here. This is, this is really something, right? The reason why I'm talking about getting rewards and we read that because what you believe literally decides what you receive in your life. See, whatever you believe, that will determine what you receive, good or bad. So when you're being convinced by somebody or something and you believe it, make sure that you're going to understand that you're going to receive from it, whether it's good or bad. Y'all didn't catch that. How many y'all caught that? What you believe, you receive the benefits of it, whether it's good or bad. That's why you got to be careful what you believe. You got to be careful what you hear. Because when you start believing that, and then you're going to receive the benefits of that, rather good or bad. You'll start seeing things operate in your life. When you believe somebody that's wrong, you start believing, guess what happened? You start receiving wrong benefits. Because what they do is they turn around and attack you. If you don't believe that, why the Bible said you will give account for every word you speak, even the one you speak haphazardly. I was having a moment. You still gotta, you still gotta be judged for it. I was having a bad day. The Bible said you're gonna give account for every word. Every word did not put in there except for when you're having a bad day. It said every word. I'm saved, y'all. Somebody say amen. If you ain't got saved, just all right. Here we go, our next scripture. <laughs> we gonna get it. So can we lose what we labor for? Can we lose what we won through labor? Sure you can. You can work hard for a position. Have you ever seen people work hard for a position and their mouth made them lose a the position? Their behavior let them lose a the position? They work hard for that position. In the church, you get a position. All of a sudden, you start becoming dishonorable, disruptive. You can lose that position, even though you work hard, even though you're an excellent worker, even though you're a great person in terms of doing the work. But your behavior. I got a guy job. I try to stop doing that because it's usually what happens. It comes back and it bites me. But he's a friend of a member. 
So I talked with him. He said, can you help me? Well, I have several people that can do stuff. He said, I, I said, what do you want to do? At that time, he didn't care. So I said, what we're going to do is until you get something, let's get you some money you can make every day. I got a place you can make $130, $140 a day cash. I said, it's a little hard work, but if you, if you can handle it, oh, I can handle it. So before I come up, Jessica, the Bible study, I get a text. She said, Pastor Kelly, you don't never recommend nobody and they don't work out. I said, oh, here it comes. I saw the karma. Yana. Yana, I saw the karma. I said, oh, here we go. She said, but this guy you sent me, I interviewed him. I hired him on the spot because of you. She said, I said, come to work tomorrow. She said, I ain't heard from him or seen him. To the day. I texted her, what did he ask? He asked for money. She said, but I had your job last week. You could have worked five days and made you six, seven hundred dollars. Why are you calling me for money? I just met you. She said, I filled your job. Now, I don't know if you want to, was hard work or not, but the point I'm saying, here again, I work hard. I'm, I'm using my reputation with somebody to get this done, and then guess what happened? You lose it. There are a lot of things we have lost because of what? Dishonor. Your gift is not as anointed when you're dishonorable. The Holy Spirit don't descend upon you as much. He doesn't manifest in your life as great when you live a dishonorable life. We still safe? It's going to get deeper than that. So she said, I'm sorry.
I said, well, I'm sorry. She said, oh, Pastor Kelly, I knew you, Pastor Kelly. You would never do that. Matthews 10 and 16. Come on, let's hurry up. Let me go through this. We got 38 minutes. Let me get y'all, because there's some parts about this I really want y'all to get. Have y'all gotten something so far? Have y'all gotten it? Yeah, you, I'm, I'm really, I want to really get to a place where rewards await you every day because you live a honorable life. I, I want rewards to be in your life every day. I want you to wake up every day and expecting God to reward you from every situation. How many of y'all like to be like that? It's just become normal. How many of y'all like for God to just reward you and it become a normal way of living? Because we think that the way God bless us should be in spots. I don't want to live the rest of my life where I'm wondering when God going to bless me every few years. I ought to be able to wake up every day and know that the God I serve can bless me every day. Come on, all y'all should be clapping. What y'all doing? She said, look, I'm sending you out as sheep among wolves. So be shrewd as snakes and harmless as a dove. Everybody missed that. You are not a coward because you are not confrontational. If you're smart, you don't have to get in fights with people every day to prove that you got authority. You can be shrewd as a snake and harmless as a dove, but be aware, for you'll be handed over to the courts, will be flogged with whips in the synagogues. You will stand trial before governors and kings because you are my followers. How many of y'all are followers? So understand that when your mind is made up about how you're going to live for God, you got to expect some people to start coming against you. If ain't nobody trying you in your spiritual walk, you're probably not where you think you are. No disrespect. If everybody's comfortable around you and don't call you religious, especially when your mind gets made up, you're going to live for God. If you ain't being attacked, sometimes you might want to go back and check. If unsaved people just so easy being around you, not because you don't walk in love, but because you walk like them. There ought to be some unsaved people scared to cuss around you. If they could just use profanity all day and you sitting there laughing, they don't honor you. We used to be scared to walk on the preachers. When I grew up, man. you remember that, Stephanie? We ain't walk up to preachers like y'all do. Let me tell you something. We was too scared. I, I still remember an incident. And I'll say it quickly. My, uh, we had a, our overseer of the, all the churches around the world was visiting our church preaching. Well, his assistant was there with him who was assistant over all the churches with him. He would be what they call a presiding bishop. Then the other one would be the assistant presiding bishop. Well, the, the, the overseer over everybody churches was saying something, and the assistant's son smart-mouthed him. He said to him, son, you don't talk to me like that. He. He looked at his assistant. He said, get ready to bury your son. So I wouldn't do that because I know when you walk in that kind of authority, that stuff works. A week later, he drowned. See, people think that honor is a joke. 
Now, that was his assistant presiding bishop. But he said to him, you're going to bury your son. A week later, he buried him. He drowned. I'm not saying it's scary. I'm just saying the churches have changed because back then, we wouldn't even get on the church ground and smoke. We were scared to do certain things in the house of the Lord. We were terrified. But we've lost the reverence fear in church now. And that's why we don't see Christians get rewarded the way they should because they have lost honor. He said, but be aware, but be, be aware, beware, but beware. You will be handed over to the courts and be flogged with whips in the synagogue. You will stand trial before governors and kings because you are my followers. But this will be your opportunity to tell the rulers and other unbelievers about me. So even while you're getting persecuted, he said, this is an opportunity for you. When you are arrested, he didn't say if you get arrested, he said when you are. That's what he's telling his disciples. Get ready because you're going to definitely get arrested. Don't worry about how to respond or what to say. God will give you the right word. See right there? God will give you the right words at the right time. Now, you got to catch that there because there's something in that story. There's something in that statement. God will give you the right words at the right time. There's something in that statement. He said, even though you're going to be arrested, you still got to be honorable to the authority. So you can't use what words you want to use even if they are not saved and unbeliever. If they got authority over you, you still have to use the right words. You can't say what you want to say just because you who you are. He said, for it is not you who will be speaking. It will be the spirit of your father speaking through you. A brother will betray his brother to die to death. A father will betray his own child. Children will be rebelled against their parents, cause them to be killed. Y'all don't see that today? One of the most horrific stories I read was the young lady that beat her son, her and her boyfriend beat the child at six years old and beat him almost to death. Then she went and got her wings, uh, her, her fingernails done. They beat the boy so bad, her and her boyfriend. And she's not a small woman. I'm not trying to talk about her size, but she wasn't a small woman, but she beat this boy almost to death and left him in the house while she went and got her nails done. And they arrested her. How can you do your own child like that? A brother will betray his brother to death. Father will betray his own child. Children will rebel against their parents and cause them to be killed. And all nations will hate you because you are my follower. Don't y'all see that right now? But everyone who endures, look what he said. Everyone who endures to the end will be saved. Now people look at that scripture and say, that meant, you know, when you get to heaven. No, that's meant you're on earth too. See, most of us think, well, you know, when I get to heaven, get rewarded. No, there's some rewards you're supposed to have here while you're on earth too. Everything you're supposed to be when you get to heaven. There are some rewards you're supposed to get. Now, if, if not, he wouldn't have put it in the Bible. And I'm not looking, waiting to get to heaven. Somebody say amen, right? I want to be rewarded here on earth. How many of y'all want to be rewarded here on earth? Right. I don't want to just be rewarded in heaven. So remember what I told you. Somebody write that statement down. I wrote it down. I put it here. Write down the statement I said. What did I say? What you believe? You'll receive the benefits of it. Yes, ma'am. Whether it's good or bad. Here's a statement you write down. Christianity is not a sprint, but it's an endurance run. 
He that endured to the end shall be saved. It's not a sprint. It's endurance run. This a long haul relationship here, God. Y'all, I'm sorry. This ain't like we do this old microwave stuff. You are not making some pot tarts. Your relationship with God is not a pot tart. I thank God for the microwave, but at the same time, I don't like it all the time because guess what? It makes us do everything too fast. Not the same. Better cover your food up in it. Y'all don't remember that on Martin? When Miss Payne told Gina, why don't you go ahead and cut the boy head now? Microwave dinner? Somebody say amen, right? Why don't you just shave his head now? So many words she was saying. Using the microwave eventually caused all kinds of problems. So she said, go ahead and shave his head now if you're going to cook for a microwave. As funny as it sounds, in true life, that's what we're doing. We want everything now, overnight. We don't want to do nothing. We don't want to wait on nothing. We want everything now. Y'all rushing to everything. Don't even know what you're dealing with. You don't even know the person. Y'all just be rushing. So Christian is not a sprint, but endurance run. Am I saying something to somebody? You know, I grew up, you had the older men, they would teach you. Some of them didn't teach you right. But whatever you listened to, that's what you did. You got the benefits of it, whether it's good or bad. Remember this statement I'm going to say to you, please. Remember this statement. God would never, ever, I'm adding a little bit in there. God would never, ever advance you beyond your last act of disobedience. You will not see progress in your spirituality when you consistently stay disobedient. You cannot live in a kind of way. I'm not talking about grace. I'm talking about obedience. Because we don't make grace be a chocolate bar. It's sweet. And he said it what? Shall grace abound? It means that sin should just be able to run rapid. No, you can't do what you want just because of grace. Better read all the word. God will never ever advance you past your last act of disobedience. So think about what instructions you got and you disobeyed it. Go back and double check. Sit down and look at it good. You will find out you ain't went nowhere in that area of your life. You have not went anywhere because God does not promote bad behavior and he doesn't reward it. And stop lying on God. He makes you get that act right. Hallelujah. You'll find out you ain't grown spiritually in that area because you keep being disobedient. God don't trust say, I'm gonna give you more anointing while you disobey me. 
He does not give you more anointing while you're disobeying him. You ain't seen that in the Bible. Yeah, you might be anointed, but I promise you, it ain't the level that you should be at. Can I tell you why? Here's a secret to it. You ain't gonna hear this, but it's biblical. I like preaching the Bible. I don't like preaching a lot of other stuff. I like preaching what the Word of God says, not just to be preaching something and then y'all just like, go out there and I get before God, he's like, oh, so you worried more about it. I've lived that life while I worried more about the people. And guess what? It was dishonorable to God. See, people say, oh, he was so loving. Yeah, but sometimes I love beyond God. And guess what happened? That's dishonoring to God. Because you'll love people so far to what? The point that you disobey God. How many of you talking about? How many of you love somebody and you disobeying and love them? Put your hands up high. Come on, put them up. We ain't, got, we ain't got time for no games. You fell in love with people or you been with people, you love people and you disobey God. I want to see everybody happy. If I was doing the preaching on me Sunday, y'all heard of what you preached on me Sunday? Totally elevated story. She got a lot of more stories too. I'm glad she only told one. Somebody say amen. She saved me. Yana was sitting there like, give me more, give me more. I got some more, give me some more juicy stories. <laughs> it's all good. All right, y'all, let's get here. Now we got 20 something minutes. I'm going to get here. So do me a favor. Don't lose your inheritance. Don't lose your inheritance over not being honorable. Don't lose your reward over not being honorable. Please don't be dishonorable to people that are authority in your life. Get your rewards. You ought to be so honored to be in position. You ought to be honored to position you in the church. There is no lesser position in the church. Well, I'm just an usher. You're not just an usher. What does just an usher mean? I'm just somebody standing on the door. What does just somebody standing on the door mean? If we didn't have you on the door, who gonna meet the people? Who gonna greet the people? Stop letting people walk up to you. I'm an elder. And they got a stinking attitude. There ain't no elders. There ain't no spirit of no elder. Talking about you an elder, but you mean. Talking to people crazy. You're dishonorable. You're dishonorable position when you're an elder and you don't know how to talk to nobody. The Bible says you should be the first partaker of the fruit. We should start with you first. We ought to be able to pick fruit from you. Telling people you're ever, I'm a pastor. If you really knew what the word pastor means, you wouldn't be talking like that. Because I ought to be able to walk past you and smell like you should smell like a sheep. Because pastor, long-term intimate relationship means that you should smell like the people you're leading. You want to be biblical. Come on, let's go first king. Come on, this is what I want to get to right here. Come on, y'all. I got about 15, 20 minutes on this. This is going to be good. Have I teach something so far? Yeah, it's, it's, it's time. Here's the secret to it. Come on, Pastor Jim, give you to read this. When you really start living by faith and your walk with God, 
When you start really living by faith and you walk with God, you always walk with a destination in front of you. Let me tell you what that means. So in your ministry, you're doing ministry work and you're walking, walking by faith. And as you're walking by faith, you have a destination. You say, okay, by this time next year, I want to be here with ministry. I want to be able to affect this team I'm on. I want to be able to affect whatever I'm on. And I want to, I want to be able to help see the team and myself be at this place that we don't now. We got really little issues and specials and we just kind of at a place of a spirit of excellence in this. And then when we reach this destination, we look further for a greater destination. Because fate walk always lets you keep seeing the future. It don't let you sit and get settled in position. You always look up, but see, you can tell when you don't start started walking by you and not your fate because then you get tired. And I know we naturally get tired, but, but, but some of us are spiritually tired, amen, doing something but a year. And if you're tired after doing something for a year, that means you were doing it in you. You wasn't doing it in God. Make sense? So when, you, when you're talking about doing something for God, you should always have, just like you do for your job, I want to be this by five years. I want to be this by 10 years. I want to be over here by 20 years. I want to make this amount of money. I want to be able to do all these things. Why don't you have the same goals for God? Why are your goals got to be fleshly? I want to get married in the next three years. How long, you gonna, how long before you get married to God? Ain't nothing wrong with that, but how long do you want to be married to God? Because how much you want to bet if you're married to God, you'll marry the right person. Because if you're married to God spiritually, you'll marry the right person physically. Ain't nothing wrong with that. But why don't we have the same goals in God? Watch this. Come on, Apostle June, I want you to see this story. It's, it's really powerful, but I, this is what I'm talking about when I say honor. You got to know how to honor the instructions you get. You got to know how to honor because, see, sometimes, so I remember one time when, when I was instructing one of my children and they just really did not listen. And, and I said, go talk to your mama. She did talk to her. They still didn't listen. And so I, I, I became very angry and I went, I never get going downstairs and the Holy Spirit said to me, uh-uh. Uh-uh. It didn't take him out. He said, calm down. Call him down here. Sit him on the couch and have a teachable moment with him. Because just because everybody don't obey your instruction don't mean you got to lose them. So I called him downstairs and I had what they call a teachable moment. Because let me tell you now why dad is disappointed. Let me tell you what you didn't listen to me about. I said, now the results you got, they weren't as bad that they could have been. But next time I give you instruction, you don't listen to it. I can't guarantee you that it's going to ruin your life. So this is a teachable moment for me. We good, right? Yes, sir. Okay, we good. But next time I tell you something and I know what I'm talking about, that's what I expect you to do. Now go buy me some ice cream. I'll be down here waiting on you. Go get me a banana split. Somebody say Amen. Yes, sir. Go get me a banana split, bring it back, and put everything on that I like. That's your punishment. Somebody say amen. 
Go get in the car, go get me an ice cream. I'll be sitting right downstairs waiting on it. Hallelujah. I got saved. Come on, somebody say amen. All right, come on, let's get this real quick. All right, so watch this. But so sometimes when you're doing something and you give somebody instruction they don't obey, you got to ask the Lord how to handle it. You can't go off about everything, even as husband and wife. You ain't got to be screaming like a darn fool. Sometimes sit down and let it be a teachable moment. Both of us can learn why we act like this, why we responded like this. Don't do everything in yelling. Well, I can't help it. Yes, you can. You got the Holy Ghost. Amen. Don't tell me you ain't got the Holy Ghost and you can't help it. Amen. Come on, let's get this real quick. Now, here's a king. Rehoboam. Rehoboam, right? How do you pronounce it? Rehoboam. Rehoboam. Rehoboam, okay. And so I want you to know about this because this is Solomon's son. Now what gets me is, I'm going to go quick. Solomon has a thousand wives and these concubines. But of all these women he had, he couldn't have but one son. He's the only one mentioned in the Bible. I don't know if he had more or not, but he's the only one. He's the only one mentioned in the Bible. Even though he had a thousand wives, I think 700 concubines, but he's the only one mentioned in the Bible. He's taken over. David has the throne first. Solomon has the throne next. Here's him. They're getting ready to ask him a question. I'm giving an area real quick. And, and, and the question they're going to ask him is based on his daddy. People have a different expectation from you. So I'm going to hear people say, well, I'm just like my mom. I'm just like my daddy. You might be, but you're a different person. Watch this. Come on, Apostle Junior. Rehoboam went to Shechem, where all of Israel had gathered to make him king. When Jeroboam, son of Nebat, heard of this, he returned from Egypt, for he had fled to Egypt to escape from King Solomon. So Jeroboam is running from Rehoboam's daddy. But King Solomon is dead now. He said, okay, now that King Solomon is dead, we got the son. Maybe now we can get a different result. Watch this real quick. This is really something powerful. Watch this. The leaders of Israel summoned him, and Jeroboam and the whole assembly of Israel went to speak with Rehoboam. Your father was a heart master. So they said, said your father was a heart master. See, even though Solomon, they say well, nobody will ever be as rich as him. Because no matter what, even though he's dead, you know how people dead dead, but they keep getting richer. Solomon's still getting rich. They said there'll never be a man as rich as him. Even though we got men now worth $172 billion, they ain't nowhere close to Solomon. But what people don't understand was Solomon was taken from the people's stuff. He ain't had no business. He wasn't his daddy. He didn't have a love for the people. He had a spirit of excellence. He had high taste. He had high standards when he built the temple. But he had a bad position, disposition when it came to God's folk. They said, I, I, look, your father was a hard master. Lighten the harsh labor demand, heavy tax that your father imposed on us. He kept the people poor. 
He taxed them to death. He took advantages he didn't have to take. Watch this. Come on, Pastor John, I'm almost done. Lighten the harsh labor demands and heavy taxes that your father imposed on us, then we will be your lawyer's subjects. Rehoboam replied, give me three days to think this over, then come back for my answer. So the people went away. Now notice he does the right thing. He said, I can't give you an answer right now. That's why I tell you all the time, stop giving people quick responses. Because sometimes you're responding to a demon. Sometimes people ain't got the right intentions. When they corner you, let me ask you a question. What? Stop putting me in the corner asking me a question. We just got on the president of the Lord. And I know your question ain't legitimate. I know it ain't spiritual. I know it ain't got to do with how God moves. I'm trying to figure out how you come out of shouting church and moving with God, and then you get in the corner and start gossiping about somebody. There's something wrong with you. You come out of the presence of the Lord and you go straight to the corner and start talking about the church. There's something wrong with you. Amen. You can't tell me God got you doing that. Holy Spirit ain't going to have you sit in church shouting, screaming, crying, oh, fall down the floor, rolling everywhere, and then you get over there and say, and probably, let, let me ask you something about Michelle. Michelle ain't got nothing to do with you. Come on, come on, Paul June, I'm sorry. Then King Rehoboam discussed the matter with the older men who had counseled his father Solomon. What is your advice, he asked. How should I answer these people? Now he goes to the wise group. He goes to the older elders in the church who we are supposed to be able to go to and they give us wisdom, not gossip. Yes. Amen. Who should give us wisdom, not sowing discord. Elder. What is your advice? Come on, Pastor. I'm almost done. The older counselors replied, if you are willing to be a servant to these people today. Now don't you say, if you're willing to be a servant to these people. Because your daddy wasn't. Your friend ain't. Why you following your friend? You know for a fact they don't treat the people right. What you hanging out with somebody that's constantly slandering the church? They said, if you're willing to be a servant to these people today, give them a favorable answer. They will always be loyal servants. If you, if you lead this group different from your daddy, you'll get a better results. The people you were leading, your daddy was leading, they was being, they were following him only because they were scared of him and he was controlling them. Don't nobody want nobody following them because you control them. That ain't, no, that ain't nobody following you. That's dictatorship. Listen. He said, you want to, here's a favorable answer. They will always be loyal to you. Always. The people just want to be treated right. They don't mind being submitted to you. They just want they just say, come on, back up a little bit. Stop being so harsh. Stop being so defiant. Stop being so condescending. 
have to be snapping to everybody. Everybody ain't going to take your foul mouth, your condescending remark, your sharp lips. No, seriously. Come on, Pastor, I'm sorry. But Rehoboam rejected advice of the older men and instead asked the opinion of the young men See? who had grown up with him See? and were now his advisors. He said, the old folk don't know what they talk about. I'm doing with the people that hang out with me. I don't want to hear none of these old folk got to say. I don't want to hear these jokers that's old. I'm going to hang out with the folk that hang out with me. I don't want to see them old. They're religious anyway. I always trying to be up in the pastor faith. I always try to act like all this. No, 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 no. You don't want to hang out with the folk that know God. Amen. So he rejected the advice of the older men and instead asked the opinion of young men who had grown up with him and were now advisors. Watch this. This thing gets heavy. Come on, Pastor June. I'm sorry. What is your advice, he asked them. How should I answer these people who want me to lighten the burdens imposed by my father? Look what they say. The young man replied, this is what you should tell those complainers who want a lighter burden. See, see? They're not the people. When you start seeing people in the church who are in position that they can lead and they stop calling the members what they are and start calling them all kind of other little names. They might not be cussing about them, but they're talking about them. Yeah. Amen. Show you how dishonor got in there. What's your advice? How should I ask these people who want me to lighten the burden imposed by my father? The young men replied, this is what you should do. This is what tell those complainers who want a lot of burden. Watch this. My little finger is thicker than my father's waist. Yes, my father laid heavy burdens on you, but I'm going to make them even heavier. My father beat you with whips, but I'm going to beat you with scorpions. Yeah, I know my daddy didn't do you all right, but I'm going to do you worse. How dare you come ask me? Even though in me, I have the ability to give a lot of load. In me, I have the ability to treat you right, but I'm going to tell you now, I ain't doing it. Because I've been influenced by people who don't have the people, hearts. I've been influenced by people that don't love the church. That's what I'm going to get advice from. I'm going to go to the ones that got to alter their hearts. That's what I'm going to get advice from. I'm going to beat you. I'm going to go and make them heavier. I'm going to beat you with whips. Well, my father beat you with, I'm going to beat you with scorpions. Watch this. Keep going. Three days later. Come on, Pastor Jim. Three days later, Jeroboam and all the people returned to hear Rehoboam's decision, just as the king had ordered. But Rehoboam spoke harshly to the people, for he rejected the advice of the older counselors and followed the counsel of his younger, younger advisors he told the people, my father laid heavy burdens on you, but I'm going to make them even heavier. My father beat you with whips, but I will beat you with scorpions. He repeats the same thing he's been advised on. Now, here's the sad part about it. Rehoboam really was a good guy. But he took bad advice. See, you could be a good person and, and, and be hooked to the wrong people. And they give you bad advice. 
Most bad behavior is through influence. It ain't through the person. Watch God. So the king paid no attention to the people. This turn of events was the will of the Lord, for it fulfills the Lord's message to Jeroboam, son of Nebat, through the prophet Ahiah from Shiloh. When all of Israel realized that the king had refused to listen to them, they responded, Down with the dynasty of David. We have no interest in the son of Jesse. Back to your homes, O Israel. Look out for your own house, O David. So the people of so the people of Israel returned home, but Rehoboam continued to rule over the Israelites who lived in the towns of Judah. Now watch this. Did you say it said? Did you notice here it said God's will? Yes. God already knew that He was going to reject the advice that He's supposed to get. God already knew He was going to reject the advice of the older people who was really wise. He knew He was going to listen to His colleagues and His little buddies. And guess what He was doing? He was set the other king up because he told the other king, you're going to get part of Israel and I'm telling you in advance. So go to him and ask him to do a lot of load, but you're going to end up getting more of his people because when he rejects the advice that he gets from the right people, I'm going to give you his people. And so that's why the Bible say he ended up having a small group, a group in Israel because the people turned on him and the people departed from him and they would rather be up on another wicked king than to be up under somebody that they thought would do right by them. And people are going to leave your life that you are supposed to be perfect in the treat right. And there are people going to walk away from you that are supposed to be to be in your life because you have decided to listen to people that is no good. People who don't care about nobody. People who are selfish. And rewards going to leave your life. Blessings that you should have had because you're dishonorable to God's advice. No. Somebody said, no, not me. Come on, let me hear somebody say it again. No, not me. Say it. How many of y'all do we ain't doing that up in here? The devil is a liar up in here. We're going to honor. We're going to honor. Watch this. Finish with this part, you. We got three minutes. King Rehoboam sent Adoniram, who was in charge of forced labor, to restore order, but the people of Israel stoned him to death. Mm. He said his assistant. He said they don't got out of control. They stoned him to death. His little sister said, I'm I'm going to do like I used to. Now God said, no, no, no. You lost your reward. You've lost your favor with the people because you disobeyed. Because you submitted to instruction that was not God. You're going to lose your reward when you obey man over God. So he sends a little sister out. Go set him right. Yeah. He ain't got that spirit no more. They ain't submitted to his leadership no more. And they stoned him to death. Come on, Pastor June, let's close it. When the news reached King Rehoboam, he quickly jumped into his chariot and fled to Jerusalem. And to this day... The northern tribes of Israel have refused to be ruled by a descendant of David. So what he did was he destroyed his legacy, his legacy and his lineage. Because now to this day, that's why Israel is fighting, is because 
this king who did not obey Solomon's son, who did not obey wise advisor and good advisor, he has now left the world, the Israelites and the world in shambles that they're fighting each other because the problem is that one disobedience has cost him a lifetime and all people behind him, all his descendants behind him, all the ones that supposed to have been king, none of them got kingship anymore. Because the group of David, they don't respect David group anymore. They don't respect David family anymore. Why don't they respect him? Because one set of instructions he disobeyed. You can listen to the wrong person and they'll ruin your life. I mean, don't tell the truth. You can be invited by the wrong group because you got to remember this. What you are called to, they're not called to. He was called to lead the people the right way. Different from his daddy. He chose not to listen to who he was. You listen to other folks telling you how to lead. You listen to other people telling you how to act. You listen to other people telling you how not to speak. You listen to other people telling you to say this and say that. You better make sure you're ready. Because God judged you on you, not on your friends. Not on the people that's influencing you. You. And when you disobey leadership, you disobey advice. If somebody else said, you ain't got to do that. Okay. You disobey your boss on your job. Because some other group said, girl, we don't respect him. They make you lose your reward. I heard the Lord say in my spirit, this is an unshakable house.